Galnet News Digest, 6th of December 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at alternatives to fighting Thargoids in order to help humanity. We look at the anatomy of a maelstrom. And we wonder how long Vista Genomics will be willing to pay out as much as it currently is for exobiological data. You don't have to fight Thargoids to help humanity. There are many who believe that allowing the violence to escalate may be counterproductive, presumably including what's left of the Thargoid Advocacy Project. Well, the good news is that violence may not be necessary. There's evidence that a decent humanitarian effort may be sufficient to persuade the Thargoids that humanity is well-organised and that the only option available to the eight tentacled aliens is to retreat from the system. Humanitarian actions include bringing emergency supplies to stations in attacked systems and evacuating civilians from these stations. There's already a massive evacuation effort going on to save populations from systems that are actively under Thargoid attack, and the stations are also gratefully receiving donations. Unlike the old rescue missions from burning stations before the Thargoid invasion, now ships need to be fast, as they'll inevitably be hyperdicted and interdicted and attacked by Thargoids, and the best means to avoid damage is to fly away faster than the Thargoids can follow. Rescue ships also need a decent jump range, as the rescue megaships have to be placed a safe distance outside the Thargoid's sphere of control. Heatsinks can be helpful to avoid detection, especially while docking, but are not essential. Similarly, ships that take missions to bring in emergency goods, which can be quite varied, need to be nimble and to have a sufficient jump range to source and deliver the necessary supplies. Both of these activities are believed to make a real difference to the balance of power in Thargoid attacked systems. There's a countdown timer that shows the balance of power between the green influence of the Thargoids and the purple influence of humanity, which seems to count down in Thargoid weeks which are as long as a human day. If humanity wins the conflict, even just by peaceful actions, then the Thargoids will suffer setbacks and eventually leave. Captain Justine Kemp of the rescue ship Hutner, which is stationed in Enayax, described the flow of refugees as unprecedented. Evacuated citizens brought to the rescue ships are triaged and any immediate needs dealt with before they're shipped out to temporary accommodation away from the war zones. There is a risk, as the Thargoids establish more maelstroms on the fringe of the bubble, that the refugee crisis may become critical, as the supply of shelters runs out. To address this, it's likely that an appeal may be made to source and deliver emergency accommodation to house the refugees. It's unclear when the remaining five Stargoids will arrive and establish themselves as maelstroms. It seems likely that at least two will arrive this week, with the remaining three arriving the following week. Thankfully, it appears that they're heading for the fringes of the inhabited bubble. If they'd set themselves up in Sol, Alioth and Achinar, humanity might be on the point of surrendering already. Commander Dylan D of YKE Technologies has been doing some investigation into the Thargoid maelstroms, making reference to the logs of Commander John Jameson, who 150 years ago piloted a Cobra Mark III close to a Thargoid hive ship 
In order to deploy the mycoid virus warhead, the commander notes similarities between Jameson's report and the characteristics of the maelstrom. Jameson masked his heat signature to thread his way past the perimeter, and that's exactly what you must do to bypass the caustic generators that pulsate within the 100km perimeter zone. Heat sinks, or a very cold running ship, can help you make your way through that perimeter, which also has apparently non-hostile Thargoid interceptors patrolling it. The next challenge, after a considerable journey, is the Thargoid Shutdown Field, or Maelstrom EMP Pulse, which seems to be at about 30 kilometres from the heart of the Maelstrom. A Shutdown Field neutraliser is only partly effective against this, leaving the HUD active, but the ship defenceless. At the heart of this second perimeter, hypothesizes Commander Dylan D, is the Thargoid Hive Ship, which may be similar to the wrecked ships we've seen on so many planets in the Pleiades and elsewhere. Those wrecks are nearly four and a half kilometers in diameter, similar in size to a Coriolis starport, so that may well be the size of ship we can expect to find at the heart of the Maelstrom. If Commander Dylan D is correct, Commander Jameson described the hive ship as beautiful, helping him to understand how intelligent and technologically advanced the Thargoids must be. Jameson is one of a very small number of people who can ever have seen a hive ship up close. He was tricked by Salvation and Inra into delivering a virus that not only disabled Thargoid technology, but which also caused the excruciating deaths of countless Thargoids. That was the first of two events, the second being the detonation of the Proteus wave that persuaded the Thargoids that humanity was a sufficient level of pest that they had to be dealt with. There are many commanders who remain Thargoid advocates. Through our understanding of the Thargoids' advanced technology, and through our understanding of the causes of the current conflict, it may yet be possible to avert the worst possible outcomes for both humanity and the Thargoids. But with more maelstroms expected to arrive within days, time is running out fast. Vista Genomics claims to have dramatically increased the payout for on-foot biological scan data. The alleged increase is ostensibly to drive exploration and the discovery of new genetic information in response to the Thargoid invasion. The payouts are, in theory, very, very generous. They are Sothis and Robigo generous, Void Opal generous. Actually, they're more generous even than that. They are generous to the point that it seems likely that Vista Genomics might need to reduce the amount it's paying, especially for first discoveries, in order to avoid bankrupting itself. But if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. The payouts are much less generous than advertised. Vista Genomics claims to be paying five times the basic scan amount for first discovered biological data. In reality... When you check your credit balance after selling, you find that they've not given you five times the base amount, but only twice. It's unclear how Vista Genomics is getting away with such widespread fraud, 
and it's equally uncertain whether the Galactic Police will be able to catch up with the fraudsters and get commanders the credits they've earned. Perhaps it would be best to hang on to those first discoveries and sell when the situation becomes clearer. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.